Welcome to The Daily Sales Show, hosted by Sell Better. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to The Daily Sales Show. We are so glad you are here. Let us know in the chat where you're tuning in from. Um, We're going to talk about cold call openers today. Are you ready? You pumped up? You excited? I can feel the energy right here. (laughs) Um, I am joined by the fabulous Jonathan. Everyone, round of applause. Um, Jonathan, give us a nice little wave from the mountains. Yes. (laughs) Foot of the mountains, but uh, pretty close. (laughs) I love it. Um, If you are a Sell Better regular, welcome back. If you are new, this is the Daily Sales Show. We show up every single day with sales tips, always free. You can check us out at sellbetter.xyz or scan that QR code on your screen. We could not do this without the help of our partners. So make sure to check out Zoom Info. We are going to drop in the chat a link for you. If you want, they will build you a curated list of contacts and accounts that are a good fit for you just by filling in that form. And let's dive right into it, what we're here to talk about today. So we're going to go through... Oh. We're going to go through just a couple of different um, things here when we're talking about cold call openers. And Jonathan talks about this day in and day out. So the person to be talking to right now, I know that you have kind of three main um, foundations or staples, if you will, that you say we should think about to make sure that we're getting that cold call opener right. Jonathan, tell us what those are. Yeah, definitely. No, if you want to get to a point where you can consistently nail that opener and get more people having a conversation with you, but also get more people like really let their guard down and really lean into the conversation with you. I found that there's really three elements that you need. One, of course, is the words that you use, right? There are definitely more effective words and less effective words. Second element that's really, really important is the delivery piece, right? the tone you're using, the pace, the pitch, the volume, all of that. And the third piece, which really doesn't get much airtime, but has a ton of impact on the other two, is actually the state of your mind, right? I call that your inner game. But the state of your inner world really is going to have a big impact on the words you choose to use, but also an even bigger impact on how you come across, right? The delivery, the tone um, is going to be impacted a lot by that that inner game. So those are the three the elements that I always have to be able to focus on if you're willing to nail that opener. I love it. I love it. So your words, your tone, your inner game. Before we jump in to kind of dissect this and go through each one, go through some openers, I always like to ask who's in the room so that we know who we're talking to. Um, So if you don't mind, if you're in the room filling this out, letting us know, we can kind of tune, fine tune what we're saying to you. Um, But let's start off with the words piece, because that was element number one. We'll start at the beginning. It's a good spot, right? How much does word choice matter whenever we're picking up the phone for that first time? You know, ring, ring, you're calling a stranger. How much does your word choice matter, Jonathan? Hmm. Uh, I guess a lot. Is that a <laughs> answer? Quantifiable. Studied piece of it. Um, but the words definitely do make a pretty big difference. Um, on how people respond and how they engage. Now, the maybe counterpoint to that, right, is that there has been research done on the emotional impact of your communication. And when it comes to the emotional impact of communication, how you make people feel, 
only 7% of that is your words. Most of that is your, 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 like your visual cues, right? Body language, facial features. And a good chunk of that, of course, is your, your, your verbal cues, right? Tone of voice, pace, pitch, volume, et cetera. So when it comes to how you make people feel, it's actually not a ton about the words, it's more about the delivery of it. Um, but that being said, I still have found that there are definitely some cold call openers that like really get people curious, trigger their, 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 their instincts to want to know more and to lean in. And there are some cold call openers that just like send up red flags the moment you use them where people are like, oh, I know what this is. Got to get off this call as fast as I can. Ah, salespeople. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe it's fair to just like give both of those equal weight, the words and the inner game, right? Maybe a little bit more. Uh, I'm sorry, the words and the delivery, oh. maybe a little bit more emphasis on the delivery, but still the words are worth, you know, spending some time focusing on right for sure okay so i know that you have a opener that you use with your clients that gets a really great response rate correct yes yes can i share my screen please do okay perfect you got it a little bit more about about the elements okay yeah let's do it focus on so great opener that myself my co-founder maya usually use hence hence their her name being up there too is this one I'll do it reverse because I'm saying it. Hey, Maya, this is Jonathan. I'm calling from the practice lab. Uh, I know I'm totally calling you out of the blue here, but I'm calling for a good reason. Do you mind if I share why I'm calling? Uh, and if it doesn't feel relevant to you, you can get back to it. So awesome. that is our standard, you know, default go-to uh, opener. Now, obviously, if you're doing like personalized research on somebody, throw the standards out the window and make up a custom opener just for that person. But this is for those times when you have like a list of 100 people to call through and you're not doing any sort of personalization. You're just picking up the phone to talk to them. This is an opener we like to use because this opener really checks a lot of the boxes that we found lead to great cold call openers. But by no means is this like the best opener out there or the only opener out there. It's just one that we found pretty consistently, you know, scores well across the board. Yeah, you you mentioned that personalization piece. And I think that's important. Like if you, we had a quite a few high percent of SDR, BDR, if you're call in a big list if you're not going to personalize anything like this is a great way to create these things so i see that you have empathy curiosity autonomy talk to us about like those factors and how they play into this yeah there's there's really like i think five factors that can make for really a cold call opener um Mm -hmm. and these three empathy curiosity autonomy these are like kind of the three core ones so the empathy piece is just where you give them some some feeling that like you get them and you understand what it's like to be them on the receiving end of this cold call and you speak to that in one way or another, right? So in this case, it's I know I'm calling you out of the blue here. Um, I know that Renan Passar has one that he likes where he says, you know, hey, this is, you know, Renan calling from, you know, well, at his old job, it was Stylo. Uh, and this is a cold call. Do you want to hang up on me now or roll the dice? That hang up on me now or roll the dice speaks to the lived experience of someone receiving a cold call. Where that's yeah. kind of what's going through their mind is they're like, eh, do I want to take a chance and talk to this guy or do I just want to get off the phone now? So he speaks to that. So that's the empathy piece. It's showing them that you get them and you understand what their experience is like and you speak to that. So that's a great element. That curiosity element, really you just want to give them reason to believe or at least reason to suspect that this call might be relevant. Um, I don't think when you're doing, you know, one opener for a whole list, I don't think you can really prove relevance in your opener. It's not only the purpose of the opener, right? That's what comes after. But if you can at least hint and suggest that this might be worth your time. So in this cold call opener, it's, you know, uh, we're calling out blue here, but I'm calling for a good reason. That's kind of hinting that, hey, there might be something in this for you. Another opener that I've heard that kind of hints at that relevance is where, where they end the opener with, do you want to hear why I'm calling you specifically? Right. That opener is really good for, again, hinting at relevance. So kind of triggers from that curiosity. 
And then the third element that goes into it is that autonomy piece, right? That permission-based opener where you're not just like jumping in with your pitch and slamming it down their throat. You're giving them some sort of an out. So in this case, our out is, you know, mind if I share what I called, and if it's not relevant, you can get back to it. Uh, in that example I used just a moment ago that I learned from Ronan that do you want to roll the dice? That, of course, is a version of autonomy saying, do you want to roll the dice? So in that, in that line, he kind of blends like the empathy piece along with the autonomy piece at the same time by speaking to their experience and then also giving them a chance to, you know, bow out. So those are the three like really foundational ones that I think should probably be in every opener. Um, additionally, if you want to go for, you know, bonus points, I found that really good openers can use humor. Right. John Selig is great at working with companies and finding ways to like work humor into the openers. So yeah. that can be really effective. Um, even Ronan's one, do you want to roll the dice? That's kind of slightly humorous because it's unexpected. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so that's a good one. And then the, the, the other element you can work in there is to be a pattern interrupt. Right. Do something really bold, disruptive and different and unique. Um, though he doesn't focus much on cold calling, a lot of the stuff that Dale Debris talks about, right, is always that pattern, pattern interrupt stuff where it's like, whoa. I've been getting cold calls for 10 years and never once has someone started off a call that way. Um, right. So I have found it, I, you can't always get an, an opener that has all of these elements, right? Particularly the humor and the pattern interrupt can be tough to work in there. But at the very least, you should be aiming for that empathy, that curiosity, and that kind of autonomy piece in any opener you use. Okay, so a couple things here. <clears throat> um, I do think like a lot of these cold call openers are, they they get popular, they get thrown on a thread somewhere, they like, go when they come back like is there this ever fine-tuning like for you as well do you feel like you have to like be constantly trying something new and and how often do you switch up what you're saying Dan <laughs> Dan just so true it's a joke but it's true yeah everyone's doing it <laughs> yeah so um I think that kind of comes in the pattern interrupt piece right the yeah pattern is always changing. So what used to be an interruption to the pattern, a deviation from the pattern, once it gets popular, becomes the new pattern. I think the best example of this is, is a line that I first learned from the folks over Connect and Sell, which is an Oprah that was like, hey, John, Connect and Sell, do you mind? Uh, can I have 27 seconds to tell you why I called? Right. That was a pattern interrupt. Everyone else was starting off with, how are you today? Right. <laughs> How's it going? Um, did is I get this a good time? time? Yeah. Yeah. So that was a pattern interrupt and it worked beautifully for them. Those guys built a huge business, did great work for their clients, but now I don't think it works so well because actually I'm hearing that more and more in cold calls as that's the opener. I'm trying to have 20, 27 seconds to tell you why I called. So what used to be a deviation from the pattern now is the pattern. So I do think it needs to be mixed up from time to time, um, but I think you can get a lot of mileage out of it. Honestly, before you need to change it up because the pattern's changed, I think you might need to change it up just because you start getting bored with it, right? That's one thing I noticed yeah. is selling. I would like develop a new opener and it'd be straight fire for like three months or something. And then it would just start to not work. And by the time it got to be six months, I'd be like, what the hell? This isn't working anymore. Yeah. I don't think it was that, you know, the world changed that quickly. I think it's because despite my best efforts, I just got bored with it, <laughs> right? It's so, like if you eat the you same know. meal for dinner every single day, yeah. it's like you got to switch it up every once in a while. Um, we do have a couple other cold call openers that we're hearing being popular. Um, just like a quick glance, do the any of these like really jump out at you and fit some of those markers that you're looking for? <clears throat> yeah, so let's let, let's look at them, right? So reason for my call, there's no like empathy. It's not depending on what the reason for your call is, right? If you deliver a really rock solid reason for your call, this one can work. Personalized, yeah. Right. If it's personalized or even just highly relevant, right? Because again. 
Uh, generally with an opener, you just want to tease at relevance, get their buy-in, and then hit them with you know most of what you have. But if you want to jump right in with a relevance piece, you could get away with it if that was relevant enough, a reason for your call. But it doesn't give them the the autonomy piece. It doesn't give them the empathy. So that one's probably not a great opener. Um, can I get your opinion on something? That's a pattern interrupt, right? That's not typically how a cold call opens. Um, so that's a really good pattern interrupt. Gives them some autonomy to an extent, so that's good. Um, doesn't really have an empathy element. Doesn't really tease relevance, I don't think. So that one's an okay opener. Um, let's see, this full name, your company, how have you been? Yeah, this one is the pattern, it's right? It's the gong number one. Yep, exactly. Dead to Dan's point, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is that is the that is the pattern. Um, doesn't really have too much of a speaking to their experience. Doesn't really tease at relevance. Doesn't really give them autonomy. So that one I would call kind of a bland opener. Um, let's see this bottom one. This name from company. I promise I'm not calling you to sell a timeshare and car warranty. And say I'd like to discuss blank. There's the humor. There's the humor element. There is the even like the empathy element of like speaking to their experience because of course a lot of times when they receive cold calls it's some kind of bullshit scam like that. So there's the empathy piece. I would say that's a pattern interrupt. They're not used to that, so that's pretty good. Um, depending on what you say and that like I'm calling about blank, you could tease relevance, so that could be good. Um, and if you just threw in a little bit of a you know kind of a, a question at the end like hey do you mind if we chat then it could add the autonomy element in. So yeah. that one goes pretty good. Um, truthfully though. I've found that this is where kind of that delivery piece comes into play because you can absolutely get good results with any of those openers if your delivery is on point. Um, so while you do want to pay attention to the words you use, and again, there are words that'll just make your job easier because they're really effective, don't sweat it too hard. Feel free to, to experiment. And if you're just feeling in a mood one day and you want to try something different, go for it. it delivery is a, a big part of, of where that goes. Okay, so I think that tees us up nicely to move into this next section here on the tone and the delivery. I think we do hear a lot that the tone matters so much and that the delivery matters so much. It's the difference between thank you so much for being here and like thank you so much for being here. You know, it's like this the same exact word choice, different tone, different delivery. But how do people actually practice making their delivery better? Yeah, that's a good question to ask, right? Because most people out there are already doing the best they can to, you know, have good tone, to delivery, sound confident. Um, so just reminding them again that that's important doesn't really help. <laughs> it's like, well, no, yeah. it's important. I was already doing the best I could. Um, so just reminding me again that it's important doesn't help. So when it comes to the delivery piece, we found that it can be really, really effective to actually kind of take a page out of the playbook of professional actors. Because of course, professional actors have kind of the same problem that cold callers have, which is that they're going to be using the same words over and over again. And mm -hmm. they need to make it sound like the first time every time. And they need to really control how they come across and how they're perceived, right, in their performance. So one of the things that we've done at the practice lab is we'll actually have people do some exercises that professional actors do to help them get more control and awareness of their tone, which is simply to take the same set of words and to practice saying them in different tones. And if you have a partner, this can be even better because then your partner can guess what kind of tone you were going for. And you'll find that sometimes what sounds confident to you in your head isn't quite what other people interpret as confident when you're speaking it. Sometimes you have to make some minor adjustments um, to, to match you know, what, uh, what people perceive. So one of the things that we really enjoy doing in the practice lab is we'll have people select their opener. Maybe it's that one that you know uh, I kind of shared a few moments ago, or maybe it's a different opener, but we'll have people pick what opener they want to use. 
And then we'll actually have them try different tones. And the exercise we do is we use this like piece of technology called the wheel of tones that uh, that we put together, which basically is just this spinning wheel. Yeah, there we go. You got it. So it's just the spinning wheel. You click on it, it spins, and then it selects the tone for you to use. And then your job as the practicer is to save that opener in the selected tone. And then your partner has to guess back what tone they thought you were using. And it can actually be kind of tough sometimes, right? Um, and this really helps you to become aware of what you're doing with your voice and your volume and your inflection. And it allows you to become aware of like what the differences are, right? What is the difference between a confident tone and an excited tone, right? Sometimes they can sound kind of similar or even like what's the, what's what's that line between like enthusiastic or like rushed and hurried, right? Where, where Where's the difference between them? And by doing this exercise and doing it repeatedly, you start to really get a good sense for what you need to do with your voice to make people feel that you're enthusiastic or like you're relaxed, right? Um, so if you're wanting to improve the delivery piece, that's a big recommendation I have is focus on using practice. And again, the best form of practice that I found for this is the same words, different tones with a partner to guess. Um, and actually, I don't know, Leslie, if you, if you have the link that you just shared, you could put it in the chat, yeah. actually take that and use that. Just anytime, guys, like bookmark this to your browser. And when you're about to start like a cold calling block, just click the wheel a few times, give it like half a dozen spins, trying out different tones for whatever opener you plan on using for that cold calling block. And it'll be a great way to like kind of loosen up, warm up, and uh, make sure those first few connects you get don't go to waste because you're, <laughs> you know, stiff and stumbly. Okay, I am sticking that in the chat here. So grab it really quick. I am curious. <laughs> uh, has anyone tried this before? Or are you going to try it now that you have the wheel here, like teaming up with someone? Or I think this is so interesting because there are so many of those. Like, give me a yes, a thumbs up, an emoji if you're going to try this. I feel like this is so interesting. You're spot on, Jonathan. Like, there are so many of those where I was like, I'd really have to try hard to convey the difference between some of those get real close, right? Um, yeah. yeah, really cool. It's uh, I like that. Always so fun to watch this exercise because what'll happen quite often is some version of the following, right? Rep spins the wheel, they deliver the opener, their partner guesses, and it's way off. And they're like, hang on, I think I know what I did wrong there. Can I try that again? Okay, let me try it again. Then they try the opener again, a little differently. And then their partner goes, ooh, was that? relaxed and they're like yes that was it and it's so cool to see that happening because what just happened in that little 30 second window is their brain suddenly gained awareness of and control over their tone they never had before in that simple process of trying it they guess wrong you reflect back up try it again they guess right now your brain has just learned something that it won't soon forget about what it has to do with its voice to give the impression it wants to give right it's just so cool to watch that happening and um yeah, when people practice this, you can almost notice in the single session, because we'll usually practice like for an hour with folks during a single session, you can notice in the beginning of the round, right? People are really struggling. They're they're guessing each other's tones very incorrectly. And then by the end of the round, there's still, you know, a few incorrect guesses, but probably three quarters or more of the guesses are correct because people are actually gaining more awareness and control over the tone than they've had before. So in the space of an hour, people are making this meaningful progress. So yeah, highly recommend use that wheel, grab a buddy uh, and do this practice. It's phenomenal. And you're probably picking up from other people's experience and changes too, which makes it even better. I love that your third element that we're talking about today is that mental awareness. You call it the inner game. Um, 
I'm going to share your visual here. Tell us, walk us through kind of this priming your inner game piece in terms of cold calling. Yeah. Well, first, just to kind of, I guess, uh, underscore why we focus so much on it is as much as I love that exercise that's just, just, just described, the truth is there is a lot about your communication that's outside your conscious control. In the moment when the pressure's on, you're feeling nervous, your brain can only do so much to consciously control how it comes across, right? You can probably control the, the major elements of, okay, do I end in an uptone or a downtone? But there's a lot of subtler elements in the exact word choice you use, the exact timing you use, where you put your pauses and inflections, that is just simply outside your, your conscious control. Your brain can't possibly keep track of all of it. So the reason why we focus so much on the inner game is that a lot of that stuff has to do with what's going on inside your head. If you are in a calm, collected state, it'll be very easy for you to come across as calm and collected on the phone. It'll be almost impossible to do anything other than come across as calm and collected on the phone because that's really what's going on in here. Versus if you're actually feeling quite frazzled, doing that exercise I described and using all the self-discipline in the world probably isn't really going to make you sound all that calm and collected, right? So that's why the inner game is so important. It even comes down to like word choice, right? You know, uh, while you can script out your opener past that, you know, there's a lot, there's less scripting, more, you know, adjusting on the fly that you need to do. And again, your ability to adjust and pivot and read the customer and think quickly, is going to have a lot to do with the state of your inner game. So that's why it's so important um, because it finds really powerful ways to kind of come out on your calls. Uh, there's, there's no hiding uh, behind, you know, a frazzled game. So what we do with folks in the practice lab is we teach them three techniques of how to prime their inner game. And these are techniques we didn't design, right? These are things that have been developed by professional sports teams that I use in the military, that Olympic athletes used as a way to prime themselves to perform optimally. So one is mantras, right? Where you simply say to yourself and kind of, so, so to speak, speak into existence the reality that you want. So this is, if you want to feel confident, you would say to yourself, I'm feeling really confident right now. Or simply, I can do this. Or, you know, uh, I'm a badass. I can handle this, right? Anything that I'm gonna makes book sense. a meeting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna book a meeting, right? So you speak into existence the reality that you want. So you don't say things like, I want to be more confident. You say I am confident. So that can be helpful, right? Mantras. Um, visualization is another one that again, a lot of top performers use. There's a lot of science behind visualizations, but this there's kind of two flavors of it. One is where you visualize an outcome that you're aiming for, and the other is just where you visualize a setting or an experience that would make the you feel the way you want to feel. Right. So if you're visualizing an outcome, you're you're visualizing yourself, you know, entering that meeting in your CRM, right? Saying, boom, meeting booked, done. Um, or maybe you even like visualize further down the road, right? Let's say you're an AE who's prospecting. Maybe you visualize your prospect thanking you six months later, saying, Our business is so much better because of you. Thank you so much for reaching out to us, you know, back in the day, six months ago, right? Mm -hmm. So you can visualize that, but you can also just visualize settings. So let's say you want to feel relaxed. You can picture yourself and your prospect sitting in beach chairs, listening to the sound of the waves, sipping martinis, talking to each other. Visualize that setting, right? And then you'll feel legitimately more calm and relaxed because of visualizing it. And the more detailed the visualization, the better, right? You want to actually get down to picturing the sounds of the waves. What color is the chair you're sitting in? Does your drink have an umbrella in it or not, right? Like really go into detail with these visualizations and it'll get your brain to authentically feel the way you want to feel. And the third technique that a lot of the disciplines use is emotional memories, right? And this one, you know, actors use a lot of times, right? If they've got to play a sad scene, they'll prime themselves by spending five minutes deeply reliving the saddest time in their life. 
because even professional actors can't fake sadness entirely. They need the help of emotional memories. So again, you want to feel confident? Close your eyes and try to relive that moment when you were like 150% of quota, you were top of the leaderboard and you felt like, you know, you were invincible. Relive that. Remember what it felt like. Remember how that day went down. Or again, maybe you want to feel relaxed. Just picture the last walk you took out in the woods, right? Remembering, remember the sound of the birds as you were to walk and it'll make you feel authentically relaxed. So what we teach people to do is before you have like a cold calling block, just carve out on your calendar, like a good five minutes just to try out these different uh, techniques to prime your inner world. And you can't really do it before every call. It's not realistic. But if you notice, you know, you've been doing calling for a while and you're starting to kind of uh, lose your energy, right? And lose your focus. This can be a nice way just to take a quick break, do another minute of priming before you jump back into it again. But the idea is you want to keep your, your your mental world dialed in, you know, as much as you can. I like that. And really great suggestions. Um, so there's a few questions and we have time to get to a couple of them before we wrap up here today because we've only got five minutes left. Uh, Meg asked, after practicing on the practice wheel, is there a tone that we should be aiming for? Like, is there one that you suggest that maybe works better than others on cold call? There's a number of tones that can work. I think it has to do with what feels most authentic for you. Um, you know, some generally safe ones are like the confident and the relaxed are probably two really good ones. But <laughs> there's even like there's indifferent that you can make it work, right? Not like a bold, I hate my job indifferent, but a, like I'm super confident and I don't care if you say yes or no, this calls for your benefit, not for mine, right? No skin off my nose if you hang up on me, it's your loss. So indifferent can work. I say warm and friendly is another one, right? That for a lot of people can really work well. Um, there's a few tones on that wheel you'll notice you really wouldn't want to use, right? There's like nervous and irritated. You definitely wouldn't want to use those ones, but they're on there just so that you can kind of learn the difference. Um, but yeah, I would say, you know, something between like confident, relaxed and friendly, but truthfully, it's about what's most authentic to you and your style, but it's even about your energy of that day, right? There are some days where let's say you've had a really good week and you're feeling really confident, lean into that. There are other days where maybe it hasn't been going so great and confidence is hard, but you can handle friendly, go for friendly. Switching up the tones can also help with that piece I mentioned in the beginning too, where the words don't get so tired and worn out and stop working for you, right? Mm -hmm. Because when you've been doing a script in the confident voice for a while and it's just not working anymore, switch it up. Same words, do it in the friendly voice, right? That might invigorate it with some fresh life. Um, then the week after that, if you're tired of being the friendly, then you try that super relaxed, calm voice, right? Try that on for size. So you can actually take the same words and get more mileage out of them just by alternating tones. I saw a couple of people ask um, for me to share back your recommended, the Practice Labs recommended opener. So I'm going to do that. But I think while that's up here, there were, Christine asked, you know, what's your, if you ask for permission here, you know, can I, do you mind if I move forward and share where I'm calling? If they say no, or if they hang up on you, like what's your next step? Do you call them back? Do you just, do you try to keep moving? What's your... What's your go-to here? Yeah, in the past, I haven't bothered calling them back because um, typically that just means it's an atrocious time for them. Um, I'm call them like later on in the week, um, but uh, yeah, I won't call them back that day or anything. Usually, I'll just send them an email or a LinkedIn note saying, "Hey, missed you. Just so you know, this is kind of the the area for the purpose of my call. If that's an area that's top of mind for you, we can reconnect, right? But keep it pretty vague intentionally. As a fan, no. Got it. Okay, so I know that you're helping teams, clients that with this. Um, how can people get in touch with you if they want to continue working with you? 
Yeah, yeah, certainly. So I'm, I'm fairly active on LinkedIn. So um, you can, you know, find me on LinkedIn. There's not too many Jonathan Mayhens who co-founded the Practice Lab out there. So <laughs> you can find me. We got your LinkedIn uh, there in the chat. Perfect. perfect. Even better. So connect with me there. If you want to learn a little bit more about our company and our services, our website is thepracticelab.co. It's not actually .com, just .co. Um, and if you are an individual contributor who actually wants to do more of this practice stuff, both on cold calling and maybe even practicing other elements of sales skills too, we actually have a monthly meetup called the Practice Club, where you can come and once a month at no cost, you can practice with a group of your peers. Some of what we practice is like cold calling skills like this one, but some of what we do is demo-related skills or even objection handling skills. There's, there's a handful of different topics we rotate between. Um, but you can spend one hour a month practicing for free and just get a chance to experience this firsthand with a group of you know supportive Peers who are also, you know, looking to sharpen their craft and get better. So you can sign up for the practice lab, sorry, the practice club, look at that, by going to thepracticelab.co slash club. Um, although if you just go to thepracticelab.co, you'll see a button on our homepage. But if you do slash club, you can go there and sign up. And um, I think this next month we're going to be covering objection handling um, and then how to, how to do that. So that'll be like the first Wednesday of September is when that's happening. So if you go sign up for that today, you'll get a calendar invite and we'll see you in September. That's awesome. Love that you're putting out free resources for the sales community. Speaking of which, um, thank you everyone for joining us today on the daily sales show. Uh, James will be here tomorrow, but like Jonathan was mentioning objections, I'm going to be back Wednesday with Jason Bay. We're talking about objection handling so join us. We'll throw a link in the chat for that. You can find us anywhere at sellbetter.xyz. I'm Leslie and Jonathan. Thank you again so much for sharing your day with us. It was so great to have you. And um, I'm going to start practicing some of these things that you shared. I can't wait to dig in. I'm going to call you in all different tones. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> I look forward to it, Leslie. <laughs> awesome. Well, I hope everyone has a wonderful day and we'll see you tomorrow. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>